Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Cod Swallop. Good choice. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man. You might know me from the Tell Him Steve Day podcast and the I Sell Comics podcast. Listen, I love podcasting. I love talking, but what I really love doing is talking cod swallow. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the talking... Okay, I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Cod Swallow podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast, Talking Cod Swallow, right here, man. Welcome to this week's Talking Codswallop. I am Jabba. With me today, I've got an amazing musician who has been brought to my attention by Tom Stevens, who's our mutual friend. And uh, I just can't wait to get into knowing a bit more about this chap and also a bit more about his music. So please welcome to the show... I'm going to say again, but that will, we'll get into that in a moment... <laughs> Matt Roberts. <laughs> hello, hello, again. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, Jam? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. And if anybody wants to know the reason why I'm saying again, we have recorded this episode prior to this. Um, however, my audio decided not to record, and I, I reached out to Matt and I said, I did try to sort of record the audio again, but it just didn't sit right so Matt very very kindly said that he would come back on and record again with me so thank you ever so much for that <laughs> it's no problem it's no I problem. know <laughs> I'm gonna go out and buy all of your CDs now <laughs> 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 biggest fan all, all you have to do is just get lots of listeners over the next few weeks that's that's all I need just lots of listeners okay no problem at all. We can arrange that, I'm sure. Um, so I'll send the salty tadpoles out to you. So that's that's what we call our listeners, the salty tadpoles. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get it done. Yes. Yeah, I'm relying on you. Well, now. there you go. See, the pressure's on, guys <laughs> and girls. <laughs> 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 so, Matt, how has lockdown been for you? Uh, which version are we talking? Are we talking one or two? Well, a bit of both, really, I suppose. Uh, okay. In a high-level overview, version one was extremely productive uh, version two is a bit more surreal is how i would describe them yeah yeah because i can get yeah because yeah, it it just seems i don't know i don't know about what it's like because obviously i as you know i'm in dorset and uh i don't know what it's like in your area so to speak pardon the pun <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, my area is fine <laughs> no it's um it's yeah how can i describe it i mean i think the main difference that everybody's kind of noticed like for me from my kind of standpoint when we went to lockdown version one yeah. i was like okay well that's fine because i spend most of my time at home anyway so I've got no issue. And plus the fact it was summer, so that really took the sting off yeah. it. But I think version two, everyone was like, uh-oh, this is uh-oh, uh-oh. You kind of knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So 
I think, in all honesty, version two has been a, probably a little bit trickier mentally because I, I know what what's happening. Um, this time I don't have much of an outlet because I've done like my album. I've started the sequence in terms of getting the first single. So that's out. Yeah. Second single's out this Friday. Uh, album's out on the 11th. So I'm like twiddling my fingers like, what else can I do? So, yeah, it's it's a very interesting one, yeah. version two. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, lots of lots of productiveness in the in uh, lockdown one. So that's I mean, that's good, though, isn't it? Because I don't know if it will be, but hopefully this one is only going to be for a couple more. Well, about a week or so now, isn't it? Yeah. So it should be uh, it's not this time next week, but obviously next week um, we should be out yeah. and ready to, to rock and roll. Um, and then, yeah, see what the new year brings us. I yeah, guess. we shall see. I have a feeling still that we're going to be in lockdown. But, you know, I, I think because I can where i'm from anyway people just seem to be mulling around and doing exactly the same as they were anyway before lock yeah yeah they took it a bit more seriously the first time around i think so yeah i completely agree with you completely agree with you so we'll see we'll see but anyway that's boring we don't want to talk about coronavirus do we so enough about people being locked up in houses let's talk about something yes exactly So, would you like to just tell us a little bit about yourself and like your journey so far? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No worries at all. Um, so, I think the best place uh, to begin uh, will probably wine music. Um, so, ever since I was a, a little boy, um, music's been so prevalent in my life. Um, lots of uh, family members uh, have always been so focused within music. My dad being probably one of the biggest influences um, in that kind of area. There's, I can have, I have very vivid flashbacks where I had like magazines set out. I had drumsticks, and I was, I was smacking the pads on to Phil Collins oh. and Genesis. Oh. Um, he bought me my first bass guitar when I wanted to get into bass. Um, so, so yeah, my dad's always been at the forefront when it comes to like uh, my musical taste. Um, but yeah, I went to university. I did um, a form of uh, a music degree. Okay, not with. with when I say music degree, it's not like, oh, yes, I studied uh, the concertos of uh, Mozart. It was nothing like that. I literally went into to university and um, I was tasked to to write songs. I was in the recording studio, uh, like recording stuff. Um, I was playing on the radio um, alongside doing essays, alongside a multitude of things. So, um, yeah, that, that course was, was very insightful. I made so many friends. Um, within within cardiff so i studied in cardiff and um i was very fortunate to kind of be at the birth um of probably the evolution of the the welsh music scene yeah and um yeah saw some absolutely gigantic bands they were already obviously within the cycle of, of what they were doing but i caught them just before they were getting big so when when i hear when i kind of flash back i think oh my god that's just that's just incredible like they went on tour like limp biscuit uh, one of them had, uh, well, actually, no. One of them was supporting the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, wow. I'm thinking, just insane. Like, I've, I've I've had a drink with you, and now you're you're off to go and do that. It's just absolutely nuts. But um, it's just fantastic at the same time. So um, yeah, um, I got a lot of inspiration um, in my songwriting um, just after I finished uni, and um, I start. I, I wasn't like a comfortable singer then uh, probably not as much as i am now at all and um 
I started writing like very rocky songs, like very heavy instrumental. Uh, I wasn't singing on them at all. And um, I just kind of thought I needed to up my game a little bit. And um, so, yeah, I, um, I left Cardiff, moved to Bristol. And that's that's when I started writing uh, my first kind of, well, it was meant to be an album essentially, but um, it kind of turned into an EP. Okay. But the, the great thing about it is that I started to kind of really find my feet on the recording process again because i did it in uni but it wasn't such a heavy focus because i was the one behind the glass screen i was i was the dancing monkey yeah whereas this time i'm the man with like the whip like you shall do this <laughs> <laughs> so it is a hard it's a hard thing to kind of do is to produce your own music and also write at the same time you have to be so hypercritical of yourself it's it's, it's a mind game it really is yeah. so um so yeah um i had one of my uh, friends kind of pushed me and he said uh because we were talking on holidays like so how's your music come along so like, oh man i really wish i should i should just pull the trigger and do this because you got enough money to do it i went yeah it's like well do it I'm like yeah i really should do it <laughs> so um we got back on holiday bought all this music gear and it's always kind of just traveled with me so yeah about five years later down the line i'm in bristol in this lovely flat and i've started started writing music and um I had a, a quick walk after work uh, today and I, I realized again how music is just, it's, it caters for everybody, but also doesn't. It's so, what's the word I'm looking for? It's so subjective, yeah. if that makes sense. It is, So yeah. for what appeals to me, Gem, will not appear to you. And I think that's a great thing. It should never be a negative thing. And my music influences, it just completely it just ranges entirely because different songs or songs resonate to me on so many different levels. It could be the fact that it's, it's the chorus, the melody that's really hooked me. The fact it's really poppy or could be the production like, Oh wow. I love how that kind of drum sound. Oh wow. Holy hell. That guitar sounds insane. Like what's he done to get that sound? And that's how music kind of resonates to me rather than your average. (laughs) Sorry. That sounds really arrogant. (laughs) Little people. You little people listening on, on your little iPods over there. <laughs> God. It doesn't sound arrogant, um, but I know what you mean. It's like some people have got it tuned in to listening to the background, you know, literally listening to every bit of it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. some people like myself are programmed to almost my, my songs are probably memory related rather than... Yeah. Um, actually physically songs i think well i was gonna say i think i've said before but nobody knows this <laughs> um you know it's like i always listen out for the bass because the bass is the favorite instrument in the band for me yeah you know it's kind of you know you got the the drums is the heartbeat and the the veins are the sort of no the bass is the veins so i put it so elegantly before yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the the uh yeah the base is the veins that sort of hold it all together sort of thing so yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah. I, I it's 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 interesting it, it really is and i think that's why like me is always going to stick with me I've, I've had actually i'll be honest with you today i had one moment today where i thought should i just pack music in and within like two seconds i went nah you joking you're never going to pack music again yeah because it's 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 my persona it's it's literally who i am i mean right now as i talk to you i'm sat in my music room yeah and whatever house i'm going to go to whatever house i moved into in cardiff 
uh, I'm, my first reaction is like, right, where it can be the music room. Don't care why I'm sleeping. Where's the music room going to go? Yeah, I, I can get that. It's, it's, it's never going to change. It's never going to no. change. But um, yeah, so what I t- take me is I've got to take that step back. I think, oh, wow, okay, that sounds really cool. So if I take Lights and Escapades, for example, like sonically, absolute load of crap. I'm the first one to put my hand up thinking how that sounds in comparison to what's on Spotify and iTunes, like the professionalism on how that was recorded was dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't mind saying that because obviously I did it and I know what, what professional sounds like, but there's not one part of me that regrets recording it like that because it's a learning curve for me. And I don't regret writing those songs or those style of songs at all because I was influenced by music during that time. So I wrote music with my own twist, which obviously sounds obviously somewhat similar. And that's what most musicians do these days. They listen to a certain producer, they listen to a certain artist, and they take the influence from there. Or they listen to a certain scenario, they see something going on in the news, they write about it. And that's exactly what I did for Lights and Escapades. I was listening to a lot of John Mayer, a guy called Ben Rector, uh, kind of began my love for Ryan Adams um, on his songwriting um, and his like his dulcet tones and how everything was just so stripped but so powerful. I thought, wow, that's just that's just so moving. So that's how I started to kind of shape uh, my own sound, um, essentially. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as I kind of grew older kind of moved through the ranks of my production stuff work with other artists um in terms of recording not so much songwriting uh, but obviously try and support them as much as i can um as well um you definitely hear an evolution on on the recording techniques in comparison to bloodstream which is my first album two lights and escapades you, you'll definitely hear uh how it's changed sonically and um when i get the the new album vida it's another step up again. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been an interesting journey. Yeah. Very interesting journey. Yeah, it's almost like a life story as well, isn't it? Of um, you know your albums of where you've yeah. where you've been and where you're now at. You know, it, it's not like a it's not like a family album. It's like a Sonic album. Yeah, you know what <laughs> yes. I mean. So I, I, it's just weird how things stay with you. So I, I won't harp on too much about like. The EP, but the one can, of the songs. By the on way, there, you can carry on as long as you like, because this is all about you. This episode, so you carry on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just read me in. Okay. <laughs> um, so I did. Um, I did one song called um, "Lights and Escapades," first track um, on on the EP. And I remember I was sat in my my arts conservatory, and I and I had that kind of opening riff on the acoustic guitar, and I was due to go to my friend's um, studio. Uh, I think it was in like the next two days or something. I was like, I really, really want to like take something down to make like a really good day of it. Um, but during that entire process, I lit, I just parted ways with like my foot. Well, can I describe it? Probably like the third love of my life, but like the proper, proper, this is it. You're the one I want for the entire rest of my life. Yep. Um, for five years gone, like it just ended. So I was, not in a good place. No, but, I um, understand that. Yeah, start, <laughs> yeah, it's brutal, absolutely brutal. So, um, yeah, I had this song kind of prepped and uh, drove to Oxford. I went to go see my friend Mike, um, who appears uh, on a number of songs on that EP. And um, and then we are still getting messages from my girlfriend, well, from my ex-girlfriend at the time, um, because we're trying to transition away from each other. 
and um, came up with this this song and Mike helped me kind of shape it a little bit. And then um, I say studio, he literally has this incredible little room and then you open the door and he's got the garage, which he used as his, like his live space. And his setup is very much different now. And um, so back then he had the, he had these drums set up. I literally slide the door open and he's looking right at me. I'm like, you're right. He's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> slide the door back and there's this one fill that he does it's like um, a big like snare fill and then he does this like how can I describe like some symbol like splashes like one symbol another symbol another symbol back to the ride that memory is always going to stick with me yeah because I just remember sat there listening to my song on the laptop whilst my one of my closest friends is recording for me I'm like this is the best feeling ever and um it's it's essentially about leaving my ex-girlfriend but the whole attitude of it completely changed to something now something that's really positive and i think that again that just harnesses my point on, on back to music and how it's so subjective like for one song that work will be the absolute world to me could be the absolute detriment to somebody else so um so yeah like every song is just it's so meaningful to me um that definitely carried through the bloodstream um as well um i don't think it's carried as much in into vida there's um there's still well most of the songs are very subjective um they're about certain things that's happened whether that's due during like what we've witnessed now through covid um what i've seen through my what's happening with my friends uh what's happened to myself <coughs> sorry uh, few, sorry <laughs> A few songs kind of wake people up. You go, are you bloody blind? Look what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a, it's it's an audio photo, audio book. No, not an audio book. You know what I'm trying to say? It's not a photo album. It's an audio album. Yes. <laughs> that's got to be a smart word for that surely. that's good unfortunately you're asking me so <laughs> don't know but <laughs> yes there's yes definitely so yeah it's like a picture by picture but with audio so there you go that's exactly what you're trying to say <laughs> it's like an audio book but not yeah <laughs> there we go that 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 is the campaign it's like an audio book but not <laughs> I love it. I love that campaign. <laughs> if only, <laughs> yeah, if only politicians could have the same campaign, hey? Just to tell you oh, exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we won't get into politics. Politics is bad. <laughs> um, so you, obviously you said a lot about, you know, your, your journey and whatnot, but was there a specific point that you can remember? that you wanted to get into into the music industry yes uh it was in secondary school and it came to the point where we had to choose our options for gcse it's like well no brainer music and it was at a point in my life where um all my friends like heavily into music uh whether that's in school or friends outside school going to gigs and uh, just getting into that that kind of scene and um i think this is very hard for like uh in today's culture because at such a young age you have to determine what you want to do for the rest of your life and i think it's absolutely shocking so um insane isn't it it's just mental it's just absolutely mental but um yeah all i wanted to do was just perform i I did it in school i had my first uh, i started singing for the very first time in front of like 200 people in school and from then on like yep 
this is what I want to do in my life. Um, but unfortunately, well, I think myself, my family just didn't know what the, the next kind of step was. Um, and because of like um, how my parents kind of been brought up, it's like, right, you go to school, go to sixth form, um, go to university, get a job. Whereas for me, I in hindsight, I should have gone, right, go to school, go to a music college, kind of start doing like other bits and bobs, but it's more music focused. And then from there, see what I, I want to do, how I'm going to get to perform. Because you can't go to university and then go, yep, you're now ready, you're qualified to be a professional musician. This, this is not the case at all. So when I, when I look back, as much as I love doing that music degree, um, it hasn't really put me in a good place in terms of what I want to do for the rest of my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. But yeah, I suppose so, um, at least it encouraged the bug I suppose, didn't it? Yeah, I think there's, if you kind of take that step back, there's going to be so many pros and cons to each kind of journey. Um, But it's just fate at the end of the day. It purely is. I have, again, I I don't regret doing the course. Um, I just wish that I probably put a bit more effort in terms of pursuing the dream. I think what I've got right now is more of a hybrid kind of model. Like, okay, so I managed to get a job, which has allowed me to buy a house. So then obviously allow me to have this incredible little music room. But then on the, on the on the other hand to that, I'm still releasing music. I'm still releasing albums. Um, yeah. When the time comes, I can hopefully perform uh, live to a crowd. So, yeah, I'm, I've kind of got that hybrid model, which I feel very fortunate because obviously given today's circumstance, if I was a professional musician, I'd, I'd be absolutely screwed because um, obviously what we're all up against. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I need to take, um, I need to take a bit more... Uh, I can't composure I think when um I kind of think back into what I've kind of gone through but um yeah from a very young age I knew that I wanted to perform I mean I remember um when I was like a, a little boy uh, when I grew up in Devon I think I was about three or four years old I'd I'd sing into a um into a cassette recorder with my guitar Aww. um stop jump on my bike cycle around the cul-de-sac like I was on a tour bus get back to the house press record again and then sing and just rinse repeat so <laughs> i mean if i'm doing that at three and i'm now 33 <laughs> pretty certain music is going to be with me till i die um, i think it will be even if it's not in you know like in a massive aspect you know like it still be you know you never know you might you hopefully this will all take off and you'll be able to you know pursue the dream that you're really after but maybe you know you could become a, a music teacher or something like that you know it's so many avenues yeah, isn't there? You, just, you just don't know i think there's been many occasions where i think oh, am i doing the david brent do you know what i mean when i say doing the david brent have you seen the film I haven't sorry there's uh so in the david brent film uh is when he literally puts his entire savings onto a tour and he tries to sell the tour and no one goes oh no <laughs> he's hired all these musicians and they just absolutely think he sucks and there's been many occasions like, am I David Brenting this? Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully I'll never David Brent it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, I, I listen to musicians. I listen to what's being played on the air. And um, you, you're your own worst critic. And, again, I'm happy to put my hand up and say, look, I don't sing like Ed Sheeran. I know people resonate with music because of how that person sings. I'm not the best singer in the world. I will never be the best singer in the world. But can I write a good song? I like to think I can. Can I write a perfect song? I probably don't think I can. But again, that's your point of view, and this is my point of view. Yes. 
And if I could ever make a living where I support songwriting, so I know loads of people who do uh, songwriting. Um, obviously, you've got the joys of social media. You can see who writes for like Beyonce and a cheer and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just that kind of capacity. I'd love to be a songwriter or have a hand in, in that process. That'll do me fine. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, hopefully, in some ways, though, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know how to phrase this. And there's also a helicopter, there's also a helicopter going across my uh, house at the moment as well. It's been circling. So uh, there's Uh a prison nearby. So, uh, you know, that's probably. Are you sure this is a podcast, not pirate radio? (laughs) I wish it was pirate radio. (laughs) Pirate radio was amazing. Well, it sounded like it was amazing going by uh, the boat that rocked anyway. Um, I'm a bit too young to know for definite. In some ways, your songs and your lyrics are so powerful and so wonderful that I almost don't want to hear somebody else sing them, if you know what I mean. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is an interesting one. I mean, if I was, if I was to sell uh, one of my songs to somebody, then, then great. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind that at all, as long as obviously you get the... the necessary recognition not that i'm saying that when you release a single put my face in the bottom left hand corner and go this guy wrote the song yeah. not that at all it's just it's all about credits isn't it for, for these days yeah but um yeah I, I do get your point i mean um i'm always eager to work with other artists just because i know how much fun it is yeah um but then yeah if i heard someone else singing like my song it'd be like no, I'm going to take that one back. <laughs> yeah, it's my baby. Cause you can't sing Fool's Gold. It's, it's, you don't know what it's about. You can't do it. It's, it's going to be me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and sort of two questions with that is, um, if you, if you could, um, collaborate with another artist, who would it be and why? Oh my God. That's a great question. That's a newbie as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I've never thought of that. It's, Jesus, how do I answer this one? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to throw a curveball. I'll, I'll probably say Gary Barlow. Oh, yeah? It, it's it's weird. Again, this is this is just how I, I think it's probably a musician's point of view. So one of my things I love to do is go on YouTube and see how bands created that song, how they went into the production and, and yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. So Bring Me the Horizon, crack an example with their EP they just done, they documented it and it's really insightful and I love that kind of stuff. And if I was, I probably wouldn't be watching that 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, um, I wouldn't have given crap about Gary Barlow or Take That or whatever. But this is just me as a, as a musician. I listen to like Greatest Day by Take That, for example. I absolutely love that song. Yeah. I think it's a, a perfect written song it's just so catchy the melody is there it's simple and the chorus is freaking huge and i love it and the production is insane if you go if you go back to like relight my fire like nope no way that is not my cup of tea yeah. it just it does not nope not no see ya <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna run away from that one <laughs> um the one take that song well not one take that song that i liked because to be honest i was quite a take that fan when i was young a lot younger i started like in heavy metal when i was about 14 15 so mm. it was yeah they were probably the last pop band that i really liked yeah but it's crazy isn't yeah. it how how you your music just your your tastes change like patience for example the one, the reason why I love that song is the harmony. Like it's just so spot on, and I love that kind of stuff because yeah. it's the bread and butter of, of the of the of the music. But then again, with music tastes, um, on my walk earlier, I was listening to Bring Me the Horizon, yeah. like with uh, 
with baby metal. <laughs> and I love that. absolutely love that track. Right. It blew my mind. I remember when they released it and I put it in the car, I was laughing because I had no idea what I was listening to, but I was loving it. <laughs> oh, oh, God, it's so cool. So cool. I think we're getting off of it a little bit. So, yeah, Gary Barlow. Um, yeah, definitely love to work with yeah. him because obviously he's a, a musical genius. Um, and it'd be great to kind of see what we could write together. I think it'd be amazing. Yeah. It'd be so much- he could be on the piano. And you could be on the guitar. Definitely be on the piano. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely be on the piano. But um, yeah, um, I I was going to say, I know where he lives, but I'm familiar with whereabouts he lives. So we drove past-ish um, his location. I was half tempted to drop off like an album, like, hi, Gary. <laughs> Listen to my music. <laughs> well, I know from experience that, um, I mean, obviously it's probably obvious that he's quite a private man anyway, but, uh, because he once, we had, uh, I was working at a hotel and, um, he once stayed at the hotel and we kept getting press calling up saying about it. But because his wife actually checked, wife or girlfriend, sorry, actually checked in and then he snuck in. We didn't actually, none of the staff knew he was actually there because it was only an overnight stay. Mm. But so, yeah, we were going, no, he's not here. He's not here. I don't know what you're talking about, you know, like to all the press and stuff, genuinely meaning it. We actually didn't wow. didn't actually know that he was really there. So How interesting. Yeah. So I think because he'd come, I think it was like a, a family wedding or so. It was a wedding anyway, definitely. So he was either a friend or family member or something but yeah it was it was insane the fact that he was there but nobody knew he was actually there (laughs) (laughs) so he's a sneaky one that one yeah that's awesome yeah so just pop it into his letterbox maybe and stick a note on it and then he'll get it (laughs) maybe yeah maybe well um i tried a new tactic with with um with vida so um i used to work in sales quite a bit so i was very good at getting uh, people's details finding out the right person who i needed to speak to so i found uh his management mm. and um i emailed his management but again i've never heard back but it, it just you just need to think of different avenues when it comes to getting hold of people um it's 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 a, you have to be stupidly patient in this yeah. in this industry like fool's gold i completed may maybe and um i released it what last month ended back end of last month so the fact that i sat on it for what like six months i don't know how i did that to be openly honest with you (laughs) i don't know why you did it either because now i've got it now i've been listening to it and stuff (laughs) it's uh it's an amazing song so and you've you've very kindly said that we're going to be able to i'm going to be able to put it at the end of the episode for the salty tadpoles to listen to as well because of course yes yeah yeah, of course yeah Yeah, it's great great from recording it Um, it's really really catchy as well because it's like it's one of those like toe tapping kind of songs yeah. yeah i think this is probably one of the only songs where i created a bit of a brief I, I don't approach my songwriting and go, right, this song is going to be about a surfboard on a VW camper going to uh, Antigua. Like, yeah. it's no, never, ever done that at all. There's always been a bit more of a high-level uh, high overview of thinking, you know, I'd love, I'd love this to be a bit of a, a summer vibe. And then that, that's as far as I'll go, try and create that summer vibe song. Yeah. And it could be the fact that I listen to other music that kind of, 
for that production inspiration, probably not so much songwriting. I think songwriting, I may look at the kind of structure because sometimes when you're writing by yourself, the only negative I can really think of is because you become so tunneled into your songwriting process because you've got no one to kind of bounce ideas with. It's all on you. Yep. So it's good to have these kind of reference things. But I remember I heard a production. Um, I can't remember who the artist was now. And it was so simple. The kick was like, dum, 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 dum. I'm like, oh. God, that's actually really cool. And then I heard the chords. I'm like, okay, they're not too fancy. They're not skidding all over the place. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But obviously, I didn't want to go, right, let's copy and paste that bad boy and let's put my name on it because what's the point? That's how you fall behind. Yes, exactly. I want, I want, yeah, I want, I want to make my own sound. I want people to go, that's a Matt Roberts track. That's cool. So I, I remember just, um, trying to cover with the riff on the guitar i tried initially on what i wanted to put on the acoustic but it just sounded so lifeless so i got one of my other guitars and my electric my strat which obviously made the track and it just sounded sonically different i'm like oh wicked okay this sounds really cool and then depending on how you like tweak the guitar how you manipulate the sound sometimes it sounds like absolute crap but other times like I've got this nailed. I absolutely love this. I'm going to persevere. And that's how like Fool's God started to, to get written. Um, I, I never really start with lyrics at all. I usually get the entire song done. Then I do lyrics because I cannot stand writing lyrics. Ah, okay. I was wondering, I yeah, I was wondering why, where the process was going with that. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's horrific. Like, there's um so i was faffing around uh, i think it was yesterday actually um on a work in progress folder where i've got about 10 songs one of them is seven oh, years that good. 10 years old <laughs> uh, yeah it's, cool. blah, 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 blah. it's uh it's about 10 years old this song because i've never been able to put lyrics to it like the i love like how i've recorded the guitars um the the structure how the the melody kind of goes up and down and takes takes the listener through a bit of a journey i can every time i do a a vocal take i'm like that sounds rubbish do another one like a month later god that sounds rubbish i just i just can't put pen to paper with it whereas with with fool's gold um and other songs so uh on bloodstream i have a song called murky sky that that is absolutely a gigantic song. I remember setting up my studio and then like five minutes I had lyrics done. I'm like, okay, that came from nowhere. That freaked me out. Like, holy hell. Clearly you did get that off my, my conscience somehow. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing when that kind of thing happens though, isn't it? It's so freaky though. It's so freaky. Um, but yeah, I mean, quickly to compare, Bloodstream is a very personal album. Um, a lot of, uh, how can I phrase it? Probably just just a lot of hurt, but yeah. was was stemmed that. Um, yes. Whereas Vida was a bit more positive. Um, Fool's Gold was kind of inspired by one of my closest friends on some pain that he was kind of going through to a point where um, I was just listening to a bit of drums on the song, just kind of rounding things off to a point where I was picking up the phone, going, "Are you okay? What's going on?" What, what's happened now and then that kind of stemmed the 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 lyrics uh, essentially for exactly what he's going through and 
he was just he was getting scrutinized criticized every single day by this one person yeah that's which 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 is horrible yeah it's absolutely horrible but um but yeah it's it's one of those songs where you listen to the first time you think okay yeah that's quite cool hopefully you think it's cool but then but then i really implore you to kind of sit down get some decent headphones or get a decent hi-fi take it to your your favorite volume probably crank up a little bit more and just sit there and listen to the lyrics because it's not about me. It's about one of my friends and it's about what he's gone through in a relationship. And I really want that to resonate with other people as well, in case they've gone through uh, some crap with them as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, fool's gold was really easy yeah. <laughs> because my friend was in pain. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Using other people's no. misfortunes. Yeah. <laughs> You're in pain. Let me write about you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but again, it goes back to that, 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 that photo book kind of thing. When I hear back, when I listen back to this song in 10 years time, if, if I have kids, then I could sit them down and go, do you know what this song is about? And then I could tell them about it. And I can remember sat at my desk yeah yeah love that song yeah i I really love that song as well to be honest so i mean i've heard quite a few of them and it gets the last sort of two or three days prior to our first recording (laughs) um Uh yeah i i sort of binge listened to your songs and things so it yeah really really great and what i like about them is the fact that you seem to cater for all types of music in some ways, which you've kind of covered already, but it's, um, yeah, because like me, who likes the more upbeat kind of rocky kind of songs, um, you know, there's, there's something for me sort of thing. Whereas the softer songs that are amazing, and I hope you don't mind me saying softer, but you know what I mean? Gentle, gentle songs. Um, they're really, really good and they're really, really powerful as well. But then maybe not quite my cup of tea because of the fact that I prefer the upbeat stuff, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That does not take away from any of the the music that you've produced at all because it is like it's truly brilliant. So well, that's 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 the thing again. It, it's subjective. It goes back to that point for what will resonate for you will not resonate for yeah. me. And like Murky Sky. So um, that song is about leaving um, my girlfriend who had a daughter who I raised. I taught the girl to swim, how to ride a bike. Like I was a pivotal point in her life. Like I taught her how to swim. I did it all. I did so many things for her. And yet I had to pull the trigger on leaving that dynamic because literally within the space of five minutes, I saw from one conversation, the entire family world crashed. It was weird, man. It was so weird. Yeah. Like I remember watching that door close and seeing her turn around. And I, was, I, was, I just knew, like, there's literally no future in this now anymore because of what you've just done. And it's all about heartbreak. It's all about leaving those girls. And to this day, my mom goes, it's such a lovely song. Oh, you should sell your lyrics. It's such a lovely song. <laughs> like, mum, you do know what that's about. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I completely get what you mean. Um, and that, that just really personifies me as a writer. Um, I don't pigeonhole my, my writing to go, right, this album is going to be pure death metal. Yeah. If I said that, a lot of people would be like, whoa, <laughs> what, dude? You're okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just going to do a crap ton of death metal. <laughs> I mean, as much as I love some metal, 
um, I don't really want to write death metal because I know I'm not good at it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but when it comes to the more sultry kind of stuff, I know I am good at it because I've practiced my production techniques. I've practiced songwriting in that kind of area. So I know that I could do some form of justice. Yeah. And again, with every kind of album, it's always been a challenge. So on Vida, I've done a, a, a rocky album, whereas before I'm like, oh God, I'm going to stay away from this because I know I can't produce this one as well. But this time I just kind of had to to rip the, the plaster off and go, you know what, dude, you're going to have to on this track. You're going to have to deliver it. And yeah, that, that just goes, it's, it's going to be a constant theme in, in all of my albums. There'll be songs where it's just me and the guitar. There'll be songs where it's like, where's the guitar? <laughs> <laughs> There'll be songs where, where are you singing? it's just it's just who i am and yeah and do you have um have you got bandmates or are you um kind of like a solo artist that's you know can play all of the instruments or yeah it's, it's all me it's all you um, okay awesome yeah it's all me um so taking it into exception on on lights and escapades my friend mike um plays drums on a couple of the tracks um but move moving on from that ep onto the first album onto the second album um it's literally all me um on so when it comes to the drums i don't have the luxury of a the budget b the studio space or c the talent enough to play drums as good as i I want to play i mean i can play them but i can't shred on them so it's all about manipulating like drum programming Ah, okay awesome it is it's so many great products out there in today's world of, of recording technology, but it's always been the same drum program. And this is what um, I've, I've been trying to hit home as well in recording. So you listen to Bloodstream, you listen to the Rocky songs, and it doesn't sound like a typical rock song because of the way it's been produced, like everything sounds like it's down one tunnel. Yeah. Whereas I then kind of expanded on that, and now everything sounds a bit wider. And that's because I've just been trying to harness my skill a little bit more. Like it's all well and good having a tool to to use it, but I'm always thinking, okay, I've done that, but how can I really make it better? That's exactly what I've done for Vida. Like I've done the song, I think, cool, but how can I make it better? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can really polish this off. You really are and your worst critic, aren't you? hundred percent. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, absolutely. Horrific. If it helps, I'm exactly the same with this thing with this podcast. So, um, oh, no way. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a weird one. It, it really is a weird one, but um, but yeah, at the same time, it's fun. Um, but then I feel like oh, I'm really lost and what to do like yes i've written an album oh i've written an album i've got nothing to do now yeah well you have because <laughs> like, all the the work really starts now because now you've got to promote it <laughs> now i've got to promote it but I, I just miss i miss the journey like yeah. um th- this album vida has just been so many curveballs i was challenged twice to write some songs and i did it and weirdly one of them got played by the bbc the same day i completed it i'm like oh, <laughs> okay that was cool um so yeah i got challenged to write a song in 24 hours i got challenged to write uh, a bit more of an upbeat song which is going to be my next single called someone told me uh-huh. so that's out this coming friday this coming friday. so that would be um 27th sorry the 7th 27th oh the 27th so all right so it's already out salty tadpoles so because this will be coming out on um sunday ah, 
It's already out. So it's already out, guys. So yeah, go to go to all the iTunes. We'll go for all where you can get stuff in a moment. But um, yeah, go to like iTunes and Spotify and all of the music apps and download, download, download. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, stream. Yeah. I put so much effort into this. I spent hours yesterday with Spotify making like little animation videos. Oh, wow. So when you go to Fool's Gold now, I've, well, I've animated myself. So uh, uh-huh. yeah, I've put a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears into this. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great process. I'm um, I'm already missing it. I don't really want to say goodbye to Vida because I'm completely besotted with it. <laughs> but yeah. now, but then if you can say goodbye to it, which you are, it means that we can all become besotted with it. So thank that's you. the hope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is the hope. Um, and you referenced BBC Music then. So how did you actually get involved with? bbc music yeah cracking question so um it's it's bbc introducing so they try to support local artists as, as much as they can to some extent and um i first came across them when i was in cardiff um so when i was writing all of these like instrumental songs i, I was giving them my, my stuff i thought why are they not airing my stuff so that's because no one's bloody singing on it who's gonna listen to three and a half minutes of just music <laughs> with no <laughs> Although so, yeah, I can think absolutely. of, I can't think of their names right now, but I can think of quite a few bands that have actually done that. They are, yeah, yeah. There's loads. Yeah. There's loads. Uh, Tosca, Tosca's one of them. Yeah, like absolutely insane. Like, whew, oh my god! But again, I, I wasn't trying. I wasn't getting into that niche, and I wasn't good enough to be in that niche yeah. because that's like beyond music theory for me. So, um, so yeah, I kind of found it uh, in Cardiff, um, and then I quickly realised that it was going nowhere fast. So I kind of stopped. Um, I don't think I I gave them any music when I was in Bristol. Um, it really started to come to fruition when I moved um, to to Worcestershire, and um, I wrote a song um, called Mickery on Lights and Escapades, and it's the very last song on on the EP. Okay. And uh, again instrumental um it, I, was, I was literally just faffing around one night i thought oh, that's really cool so i just kept playing with, away with it it developed into like fully fledged song i was like sweet oh actually this could do a bit of something else so i got my girlfriend at the time um to record over it so she's on it which i'm very proud of like uh, i don't look back in any disdain at all i'm super happy with what we did uh, together on that's that good. yeah and um yeah, then yeah sent it off to bbc and um the, the process like uh, you get an email saying we've listened to your song you're like oh my god oh my god this to my song i've never had this before this is amazing <laughs> <clears throat> and uh you don't really think of it then and uh they air they air music on saturday night and uh so yeah had a few drinks on the saturday went to bed spoke up on the sunday had an email saying we aired your song last night like what you did what? <laughs> and at first thing, they give you the link. Or, yeah, here, here's the link. Click, click to listen to, to it now. So you listen to it and you, you click on the Safari or your browser and you got like a two hour show. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to two hours of this, dude. I just want to hear, I don't want to hear my stuff. Yeah. So you're I'm scrubbing through the little slider. And then I heard that opening riff and I remember crying my eyes out. I just remember like it was yesterday because to me, that's the best thing I'll ever achieve, and it's it was the best feeling ever. Aww. Like I had my song, and right at the end, the Andrew was like, "That was Matt Roberts." Like, oh my god, my name was just said by BBC <laughs> on the radio. Oh my god, oh my god, 
He's like, that was Matt Roberts with Mickery. His influences stem from, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how it kind of started, really. Um, every time I wrote a song and I was super happy with it, um, I'd give it to the BBC. And sometimes they'd air it, sometimes they wouldn't. It was just, it's just luck of the draw. Uh, they do get to, obviously, they get to decide what they're going to wear. Yep. And that's how I eventually got into it. Um, but kind of like I mentioned earlier with, with Vida, uh, trying to like message like people's management and stuff, go, I think if you like him, you're going to like me as well. Um, I emailed them directly and said, Hi, Andrew, um, this, you've played like 11 songs now, mate. Um, I'm actually releasing this on this date, like on the day you're airing. It'd be great if you could air it yeah. or better still get me in for an invite and we'll have a, a, a little chin wag. <clears throat> and unfortunately I could really persuade him to get, uh, to have a, a conversation. Uh, um, the kind of feedback is like, we usually invite artists and not the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to sit on my ass. Uh, I'm quite tenacious. If I want to get something done, I'm going to ask you, pal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, um, launch day came around uh, for Fool's Gold, and it just blew up. Like, oh my god, I just was not expecting it. I had quite a few friends on my Facebook kind of share. Um, I had uh, loads of my friends message me saying, "This song's amazing." Like, really? You think it's amazing? Like, yeah, I've played it twenty times. Like, you've played it twenty times. Like, wow. Okay. I had family in Australia sending me a snapshot of what of my video. Like, this is really freaky, man. Like, this is really freaky. As much as I love it, really freaky still. Yeah. <laughs> and um I got an email on Saturday saying um we played Fool's Gold. Like, yes, yes, I'm so happy. But the show was still going. He he was still like airing the show. And I, I clicked on the link. I listened back to it. There's a video of, of me. I think it's on my personal Instagram. I can't remember. And um, that was literally the cherry on top of the cake for me. It was it was in the evening. I was knackered because I was just so full of adrenaline, getting all these messages saying, dude, you've nailed it. Love this song. Oh. And, and then, yeah, he said, right. And I heard that little intro, that little uh, reverse guitar. Yeah. And like, Oh my god! Oh my god! This is me. Goes right next up. We've got Matt Roberts with Fool's Gold, and it's out today. They put so much emphasis on it. Like he knew that I wanted to be there, but obviously I, I couldn't. I couldn't be there because he had. He's got so many other artists. He's got to promote. Yeah. But the fact that he promoted it in that way was just as good. Yeah, exactly. So he put the he put the energy in there for you, definitely. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And th- and that's just what music's about these days. Like it's it's all. I think I said it on Tom's podcast. Like you get so many manufactured bands who who want to fit into that niche because they know that that niche sells, and that particular niche happens to be like sex and boobs. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's unfortunately, the music industry is very much of who you know. That's that's as much as it is. I know if I had this one producer say, "I listen to this song, guys, you'll love it." My my Instagram would blow up. My Facebook would go nuts. Um, I'd probably get uh, offers to go record with them because of who he is as an individual, yeah. because that's how the world works. And as much as it sucks, it really is. It's it's the good old saying of it's not what you know, it's who you know, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. spot on, spot on. And I'd, if, if I was to kind of look back, I really wish Fool's God had more success. Um, 
because the initial signs were there. So I'm, I'm a huge believer in fate as, as an individual. So I actually reached out to this said producer and um, I kind of said to him, like, I'm new to mastering. So mastering, I'm not sure how much you know. It's like okay. once you've done a song, you then mix the song to make all the levels kind of sound good. Okay. And you then take it to mastering, which is like taking a shoe, but then you polish that shoe. Uh-huh. You make spick and span. Yeah. And he kind of gave me his rates. And it it was more than my mortgage. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, I, dude, I can't afford that at all. <laughs> so, I he goes, okay, just give me the song, and I'll, I'll show you what it will do. So he gave it back to me, and I went, "You've literally just enhanced it like a million times." I can't believe I wrote this. Like, I can't. This this is me. Like, oh my god, this is me. Yeah. And he said, "Mate, it's a really good song. I keep tapping my feet to it. I keep singing it. Like, whoa." that's really he's like yeah it's a good song i hope okay this is a guy who's produced motorhead bullet for my valentine loads of big stuff so yeah i took that with a pinch of salt so that that was kind of like clue number one clue number two was my friend mike who uh who's the drummer on lights and escapades on a couple of the tracks Mm -hmm. so he's a session drummer he's he's played with some very big musicians gaz coom has been probably the biggest off the top of my head so the guy from supergrass the singer from supergrass Oh yes yep so um mike is if i want honest advice open honest advice i'll be like mike what do you think of this and he tried to get a couple of songs scrapped from vida but i just absolutely loved them um for someone told me he said mate just persevere and see what happens just persevere because i was going to get rid of it i had delete prepped on someone told me i just could not get anything out of it so when i gave him fool's gold he said this is the best songwriting you've ever done like wow okay this is freaky i've got like one of my best friends saying to me it's the best song you've ever done got this huge music producer saying this song's really catchy this is this is really cool so that's why I, I, I put so much effort into creating like the little videos, little promo videos in my spare time. That's why I did all the countdowns. So I did all social media, but I just feel that I, there's this one more push. I don't know what it is. I just wanted to give that one more oomph. Yeah. And it was coming uh, on this podcast to talk to me, wasn't it? This is it. This yeah. <laughs> this is where your podcast will elevate me to complete snard and the songwriting journey. Yeah. It, it will it will i i promise uh. <laughs> be monumental to my career okay right so to tuples get on it quick <laughs> don't <laughs> don't let him know that we're uh we're fake no <laughs> we're not a fake podcast really <laughs> but no it's all it all sounds really fun to be honest because it's uh i mean it's obviously a lot of work as well and do you find it hard juggling? Because you said, obviously, you've got a job as well. Do you find it hard juggling sort of work with, um, you know, your real work, which you'd like to call your real work, you know, your music? <laughs> no, not not really. Um, it's, it's quite painful sometimes, though, because where I'm sat now, my desk, yeah. uh, to my left, I've got my acoustic guitar case. And to my right, I've got all of my guitars, a mic stand and my little studio set up. And I work in here every single day. So slowly i've kind of climatized to to not feel the urge to pick up a guitar maybe i do if i need to stretch my legs because i'm sat down for so long yeah um but no it's it's not it's not a problem in the slightest oh, that's good. I'm, I'm always racking my brain though like what do i have left to do like have i scheduled my social media posts like yeah, yeah i've done that okay like i've got a spreadsheet if anything my work 
has helped me with my music because I'm so much more organized in how I've been with Fool's Gold and how I've been with Vida and someone told me because of the work I do. So that is actually been really good. Did, um, oh, sorry. Um, and, and what is it you actually do on a, um, you know, what is it you actually do for work? So I work, how can I phrase this? Uh, so it's kind of like uh, project management for a very large retail company. Okay. <laughs> for a very, 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 very large retail company. So, um, so yeah, project management okay. kind of helps when it comes to releasing an album. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely helps. I might come to you for some tips. <laughs> Fine. Fine, no yeah, problem. Definitely. Um, so <laughs> you've talked about obviously your single um sorry, what's the single called that came out Friday? Uh Someone Told Me. Someone told me, sorry. Um yeah, so you've you've said that that's obviously out now, so you know, you're gonna have lots of downloads from our lovely tab polls. Um and myself, of course, as well. And of course. Yeah, and what, what's, uh, you know, in sort of the new album as well. So, you know, is there anything else sort of coming up? Have you got any stage performances or anything like that that you're going to be... Well, I know you can't really go out and do stage performances. Or do, is that something that you do, actually? That's. I think I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to get back into it. Yeah. Um, when I did um, the Bloodstream cycle, um, it was really hard to kind of get musicians on board because... You need to go through the rigmarole of rehearsing. Yeah. Then you need to get you need to ensure that these people that you're going to be meant to be helping you to actually learn the songs that you've written. Yeah. And it is super painful to do. Like I hate relying on people to to help me sometimes because I, the the mo- most what well, the effort I put in, I want to see that at the same time because it's a passion of mine. It's my I wouldn't say it's my livelihood, but I've invested half of my life into into yes. this. It's not a hobby for you, is it? It's not a hobby yeah. at all. No, not at all. I kind of try, I, I treat music like it's my child. Yes, very well done. <laughs> That's <was> good. <laughs> so when I did Bloodstream, um, I used um, a music program, Ableton, like loads of big bands use it these days. The best way to describe it, if you go to like a Bring Me the Horizon gig, you have all, all this lighting show happening. Yes. You have like all the, this music happening before the actual main track. And it's run by a program. Yeah. You can literally press spacebar and you can stop the entire show. It's that like, oh my God, you've got to be so careful with it. So essentially I use this program um, to create my live shows. But obviously you go to a gig like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And instead of the bass drum, go, doof, doof, doof. It's literally like, pip, 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 pip. It's, it's atrocious. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but you know what? I loved it regardless. I had the opportunity to play my music. I'm going to crack on. I'm going to invest into it. I'm going to do the best I possibly can because that's all I can do. Exactly. So with this with this cycle of Vida, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to play shows. I've been invited to play in Cheltenham. Uh, I was maybe playing this month uh, to play uh, a set, but because of lockdown, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to be happening in December, but it's kind of fine. Uh, I've got two musicians lined up. Uh, who, who would be able to support me. But again, it's getting into that process of booking time in at a rehearsal studio. Yeah. I've worked with them very closely, so I know that they'll they'll give the 110% to support me on my music. <coughs> Excuse me. And and they'll get paid for it as well. So it's in their interest, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, so yeah, to answer your question, Jim, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to, to play this live 100%. Like, I think about... I literally thought about it on my on my walk um, after work today. I think if I was to start this this show live, 
what song would I start with? Would I start with uh, the first track on the album or would I start with Someone Told Me? I don't know. I think have someone told me at the end because then it keeps them. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I, and the way that music is obviously being crafted now is that it's no longer just plug and play like you're the Arctic Monkeys who just started Yeah, because those days are, are gone. Those days music has has matured. It's now you'll go see bands and there will be someone still on the stage with a laptop or you'll look at the drummer and like, why has he got a laptop? Because they're using that, that music program to thicken their sound. I, I will put money on it. Yeah. I will put money on mm. it. It's quite funny. It creates. Also, I was going to say, it's quite funny actually, because like as, as a person who's not, you know, is there for, sort of listen to the music kind of thing but but that's it you know i i wouldn't necessarily see that but yeah it's when you're actually in that kind of line of work so to speak yeah you yeah, do tend yeah. to see all the all the different things yeah it's it's it's, it's super impressive yeah. and and that's just you need to be a, a mature musician it's so great don't get me wrong you're never going to take that element of talent away from a band or an artist who could plug in the acoustic guitar and like holy shit, man, you just blew us away. That was insane. Yeah. But then there's going to be other artists who think, okay, I'm just going to put a bit of a gold dust on top of this with Ableton, who well, I could then enhance my sound, and then they play live. You think, good God, that was amazing. I'll never forget, actually. That's just remind me. So my friends, I uh, used to be in a band. He's actually now a solo artist called Man Without Country. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Insane music. Like, absolutely nuts. And I went on tour with them for, for a little bit and they ended up playing um, the Astoria. No, no, Brixton Academy. Oh, wow. I love Brixton. They, they, yeah, yeah, great place. Brixton Academy supporting an electro band called M83. Absolutely huge. Okay. Don't know that, and, sorry, but yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> so absolutely gigantic. And um, everything about them was just was just tight. Like the music was just, oh, I, I'll, I can go on a complete tangent. But I think it was either, I think it was maybe just before, I think they did like a, a little warm-up show. They played uh, the academy in Oxford and they had these kids who kind of support, it was like a local support band, which kind of happens. You have, you go on your little tour yeah. and then the promoter will get a little support band to kind of come in and, and uh, help out. They play their little set. And these four kids, and I literally mean kids, they must have been about 16, maybe a little older. And you had their parents with them, and I'm like, "Oh God, really? Like you're supporting man of that country? Like, all right, cool, no worries." And they started up, and it was insane, yeah. absolutely insane. They had the right technology which they needed to make their sound, which I loved. Point number one. Point number two. They were themselves. I absolutely adored that because they're not following the status quo. They're challenging what, what was currently out there in the ether and within music. They're not wanting to go, right, we're going to be like the 1975. They took some elements from 1975, as do, as do I, which I've tried to do myself in, in production, <laughs> but they put their spin on it. And when they've done it, it just sounded incredible. Absolutely incredible. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's why I love music. I just love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's so nice to see in... Um such young young people as well isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. 
It's just like if you, although I probably you know I don't know about you, but I would be a bit envious as well. I'd be like, if you're doing this at seventeen or whatever. Of course, yeah, you're always going to get that element yeah. though. But I think that that's kind of good because then you kind of take that step back and think, right, damn it, I need to up my game. Yes, I I, I remember I did some singing for for a guy who calls himself Northern Fur or, or something, and his vocals were just insane. It's good. It's good. I was really jealous of how he recorded his acoustic guitar because I've always struggled to get a really good sound. So I was like, dude, your acoustic guitar, uh, what have you done? What, what te- What's your secret? So one, you had a really good acoustic guitar. I was like, damn it. I've got a pretty decent one, but I know the one you've got is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And then two, you had a better microphone as well. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like, Shit. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I think having, having that kind of, that, that, that full frontal nudity of music thinking, wow, that sounds really good. I now know what I need to do to make my guitar kind of sound on a level to have that clarity. And if you, if you don't get that challenge, then I don't, I think it's a very crucial part to, to growing as a musician. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's always good to have a bit of adversary. Yeah, definitely. A musical challenge. <laughs> definitely. Right. Well, I think this is a sort of good way to sort of wrap up the episode, if you don't mind, unless there's something else that you wanted to discuss. No, no, nothing, nothing, nothing think, at all. Yeah, I think we've covered all things there. But yeah, it's it was really, really nice to speak to you. But before you go, what's your social media information and whatnot? And where can people yeah, get yeah, songs? So you, yeah, absolutely fine. So you can go on my Instagram, which is uh, Matt Roberts Music. Um, and, uh, my Facebook, I think on Matt Roberts music page because Matt Roberts, the, the personal trainer has actually already stolen that <laughs> little bugger. But, uh, yeah, if you just go onto, um, onto Spotify or, or Apple music or every other kind of provider, just type in Matt Roberts and, uh, you should see my, my ominous picture. I tried to do the blue steel. Okay. Look out for the blue steel and I'll, I'll be there. Okay. Yep. We'll look there. <laughs> look out for it (laughs) well like i was trying to say a minute or two ago it was it's been a real pleasure speaking to you not it's been nice speaking to you because nice didn't seem very good (laughs) well thanks for having me on it's been really enjoyable jen really enjoyed it you're absolutely welcome uh you're welcome back anytime but not too soon okay not too soon (laughs) Did you record this time? Yeah. I was hoping you were going to ask that question. Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I've recorded. Uh-oh. I've recorded your audio, my audio, and the Skype recording because I am not letting this one die. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've been talking enough Codswallop this week. My name is Gemma. I've been Matt Roberts. You have. Well done. <laughs> you knew what to do this time. <laughs> I did. Uh- It's a shame I haven't got the embarrassing version.
you.